0: Coaches, thank you for listening to this episode of the Championship Vision Podcast. I also want to introduce you to my CoachTube video series, which will take all the Championship Vision Podcasts and put them on video. What's included in this is Google Slides videos of my interviews with some of the best coaches in America. Go to coachtube.com slash users slash Kevin Furtado and then you will see all of my clinic videos you will get so much out of these videos I'm looking forward to hearing from you if you have any questions go to coach tube.com slash users slash Kevin Furtado see you soon here we go all right coaches uh welcome back to the podcast championship vision podcast um Today, we have really just an unbelievable coach on that, Chris Dotson, out of uh, Spotswood High School in Virginia, Pin Laird, Virginia, Uh, the Virginia, I'll call you the Virginia gang out there, all those great coaches out there, Um, used to be Mike Hendrick, but not anymore, he's out here with us boys, Uh, so, um, but welcome coach to the podcast on that, and uh, you're going to talk about zone offensive concepts. And I think it's underrated. I don't think coaches really work on zone offense. So, But welcome to the podcast, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having
1: us. And, um, you know, blessed that you brought up Mike. You know, blessed that Mike Hedrick kind of brought this whole group together because it's kind of like having um, a basketball encyclopedia at your fingertips anytime you have a question or somebody has a need. Somebody's there to kind of step up and have something that fits each other's programs. Um, and then opportunities like this are really cool to get a chance to step online and do this and share with others.
0: Absolutely on that. What's great about the the group is, um, you know, you, there's there's good and bad things that people share. Everybody thinks everything is perfect, you know, perfect environment. No, no, no. There's a lot of negative stuff that goes on that we have to adapt, right, Chris? And it, I think we all learn from that. Even experienced coaches like yourself, they we're always picking up ideas.
1: Right. Yes, sir. I, I do think. I mean, you hit on a really important thing. I think we look at guys like Gene Durden with all these state titles, and we realize, man, everybody's human. Everybody's the same. Everybody deals with these little small problems that we make into giant problems. And uh, it's just good to wake up sometimes and realize that everybody loses at some point. Uh, throughout a year, throughout a season, you have your ups and your downs. and uh, just kind of have a constant reminder of people knocking on your brain a little bit to say, you know, just, it's all about the end. You got to be really good after game 22 when the playoffs start now. And that's winding down for us all right now. So I think just having people to remind you that there's a lot of time left in the season, keep, keep getting after it.
0: Yeah. Of course, Gene, all we said, just the time you got to grind out wins and so forth. So true because everybody knows each other by this time, everybody has video on each other. Hey, uh, talk about your career. Uh, Before you get into the zone offense, talk about, you know, you have a lot of achievements, man. You've been very successful. um, And talk about some of the key people that have been involved with your career.
1: Right. Well, like, um, when we talk about people who've been involved a little bit, you know, I was blessed to, to grow up kind of a weird story. My dad's best friend was the first athletic director at Spotswood High School when it was being built in 1979 and 80. Uh, school opened in 1980. I was actually in this gym while it was being built. I was here when the floor was put in. I was here when the bleachers were put in, the basketball goals. And so, you know, for me, I've never been a year that I had not been in this school, and it wasn't my high school. Um, I was just blessed to be here with the original AD. So I grew up here, and it was like the gym, you know, bigger than everybody else that's in the area, you know, holds 4,000 people Way up high, um, just a, like a cathedral of gyms in our area. And always wanted to be here, always loved playing here. Then, out of school, we ended up back here coaching um, with a guy named Jimmy Kramer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who was an amazing coach, the first guy to win the state championship here at Spotswood High School, um, and did it with just normal kids working hard, motion offense. He was ahead of his time, really. Um, but he gave me an opportunity truly because he knew my father as a basketball official. And he was like, I was just thanking him the other day, you know, for all he's done for me. And he was like, well, in that way I wasn't hiring Archie's boy, you know, and you forget just connections that people make through sports are so, so amazing. And I really got my first start because of my father's relationships with so many. And I uh, yeah, thank God that he was who he was. Well, yeah, Jimmy Kramer gave me an opportunity to come in here and, you know, I'm blessed to be with great coaches growing up um, and be around a lot of great coaches. But um, I thought Jimmy Kramer, he, what, what all he's done, Bill Leatherman is the guy I played for in college and Bill writes books all the time. Now he actually has a lot of books about Bridgewater College. And his bad time as a basketball coach there. Um, but when I took over girls basketball, the one person I called right away his name was named Paul Hatcher. And for anybody who doesn't know Paul Hatcher, he is a true basketball legend. Over a thousand wins in Virginia with multiple state championships. There's, there's a book called The uh, Stanton Streak out about him and their like 85 game win streak, three state titles in a row with that group. Um, and he is the the man behind the T game offense. He knows the ins and outs and just the amount of time I got to spend with him. That's the guy we put our, we really created our program after. Somebody wins a thousand games. You got to assume that he's doing something correct. And so I was blessed to spend time with him. Um, My boys coach right now was my first JV coach. And then he took the boys job right afterwards. And he had that connection. And so what a great spot I'm in right here because we have, Chad, who's a basketball encyclopedia himself and runs a phenomenal program, been runner-up in the state like four times. Um, and we're literally 50 feet apart in the school building during the day, so we can run ideas off of each other, show each other clips and talk, uh, really game-playing together so much. Um, so Chad's play, Chad plays an amazing role in what we're doing. Um, and, again, you know, my, my time in the AAU circuit with – Amazing players, you know, help start team takeover. Uh, Working for Nike right now with Gannon Baker basketball. Uh, Gannon and I travel all over the world. Just teaching skills and teaching the game. And I think, you know, Gannon has a really good approach. He never teaches a skill that he doesn't show how it translates to the game. And so we're just not doing comb work and this and that. We're really preparing kids to play the game. So, really, I would have never told you I'd be a girls' basketball coach when they first asked me. I was like, you know, I don't think so. I think I'm leaving. Take a boy's job, and really, girls' basketball is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, you go from playing checkers to playing chess. You know, when you run plays, when you put in these kind of um, movements, girls will pass up five great shots to get to the end to see what the finale looks like because they feel like that's what they are supposed to do. And um, really, the thing that we've done here at Spotswood, and it, it leads to the wins, which we'll talk about in a second really quick. We really started a whole program. When we when we arrived, the first thing that we did was take over all AAU. We took the four AAU teams in our area and made it one. And we took complete control of that. So I run. Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh, and eighth. That's all under Spotswood High School called ERSC. We run the whole thing. And we set these teams up um, ourselves. We run clinics every Saturday morning. We practice from 8 to 10.30. At 10.30, kids come rolling in. I think last week we had 108 little girls in the gym for basketball clinic. And that's where we identify our kids at a young age and – start putting them on teams in the third grade. Uh, in the second grade, we just teach them really advanced rec league. So they grow up from that time on learning our program, learning our system. They're running our basic zone offense. They're running our basic man offense and our, you know, and our just man-to-man defense. So that's where just like getting the community involved in the culture, so young, then that's really led to the fact that we have a bunch of really normal kids. We've been blessed. I think we have 15 D1 kids right now that have came out of here in the last 21 years. Uh, But that's led to a pile of district championships, um, a pile of regional championships, and we've been blessed to win uh, six state championships with the girls, one with the boys. Um, But in the last 10 years, 11 years, we've won five of those. Five state titles, been runner-ups three times and never missed a state tournament. So we're on a pretty good run right now. Have a lot of kids who believe they can win.
0: Winning consistency right there. And, you know, of course, in our coaches chat, you know, we, we don't talk enough about feeder program, but your feeder program, it's a little bit different out here in Georgia. We can't have a feeder program after our school. It has to, we have a lot of separate AAU programs, which I don't like. I love what you guys do in Virginia. I mean, um, that's that's the problem out here is we have kids playing with all sorts of different kids, which is not bad, but it's not a consistency. It's not a consistency of teaching. Uh, talk about the difference there. and have you, I know you talked about how you guys have done it. Um, I think that's a problem overall around the country with AAU. You guys have pretty much settled that with one program.
1: Yes, sir. I think what we've been blessed to be able to do is Educate parents. To let parents know we don't have to be on an all-star basketball team in the fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. People aren't recruiting that, and you don't need to be there. And if you're that good that you really need to be there, we'll take care of you. But for the most of you, if you're D two D three, you're going to be kids that are going to be working through our program, and that's going to get you the recognition because we play in enough. We you know at high school level, we're playing enough events in front of college coaches, that you're going to get seen. You know, we have a McDonald's All-American nominee this year, and she actually had the committee see her play twice. So if you're that kind of caliber kid, you're still going to get seen here. But just educating the parents, don't spend all that extra money to be on all-star teams. Um, Our whole focus is learning our system, and the whole focus of our program, our, our motto is, you know, we're preparing kids to play at the high school level and to come in here right away and compete. So the things that we're not teaching, you know, we're not teaching pivoting. We're not teaching dribbling and passing when, uh, shooting. And I tell people all the time, we win a lot of games because we don't turn the ball over like so many girls teams do. We have great, great feet and our feet are a giant, um, I would say that's like one of the main things that we focus a big focus in our program is your footwork. Um, but just getting the parents to buy into that um, at an early age and understanding that all these girls that came before us, they all came through that program. Now, when they hit the ninth grade, we still run our own, you know, own ERSC that we take care of our kids. But at the same time, we move the ones who need to be in the circuit. We get them out there and make sure they're taken care of they get the opportunity to play. Please, please, Sorry. <laughs> we oh, are in a school day. Back to their I
0: love it. I love it. Um, yes, sir. Well, I love, um, it sounds like you guys are about process, about development, about, I love how you said you're focusing on getting, the, developing high school players, not just college players. I think that's really overrated. Very few girls go on to play college. Um, I love that what you guys are doing. And hey, let's get into zone offense. I think it's zone offense is not emphasized enough. I think people put together a zone offense the last practice before their first game. I don't think there's a, not a lot of emphasis where I think there should be. Talk about how what your philosophy is and what you guys do with that, Chris.
1: Well, I really think it comes down to the leagues. Yeah, the leagues you're in and who you play and how they play, but at some point in the year, everybody's going to give you a zone. And I think one of the most forgotten skills in the girls' game today or in basketball in general today in America is shooting the basketball. Right. Everybody's dribbling around 5,000 cones and doing all these cool stuff because that's what sells gym time. That's what gets you in there in front of the trainer. And not enough of these people are just working on flat shooting the ball. So a lot of people are getting away with you know, with with being able to play zone offense because there's no ability to shoot the ball. And um, so you see a lot more of it. So for me, we really just have a few basic principles and we find a whole pile of ways to get to those principles and to use a real simple offensive formation. Uh, We just find different ways to get there. And it's all about ball, ball movement and shifting the zone and then people understanding where each other are. I love it. I love it.
0: Now, um, going through these zone principles, um, any ones that stand out, um, you know, you got, you got quite a few of them and so forth on that. Is this, how do you approach it with your kids? Uh, as far as teaching the principles of your zone offense,
1: man, I have, a I have a thing that I took off the internet 20 six years ago and you see the copy of it still in a notebook to here on my desk. Um, you see the copy of it, you know, it's from like the old Mac computers and the big, it's, you can tell it's a 20, 25 year old internet thing. Um, I still use that all the time, but when you hit these principles really quick, you know, it's simply, you know, again, using different sets and alignments and entries to be a little bit less predictable. So it looks different to people. Um, And just make it less predictable, you know. Capitalize on the strengths of the offense, offensive alignment, by distorting the shape of the zone. I think basically any zone that you put out there, right? It's a one-three-one-three-two, whatever. The moment the ball gets to the corner, it's a two-three zone. And I don't think enough people take the time to look at it like that and to realize that with one pass you can turn everything into a two-three. Right. And then, then the principles are all the exact same. So, so many people get Flustered by a one-three-one or this or that or trapping, and just once you understand your spots and your positioning, you hope they trap because it's something you can take complete advantage of. Um, You know, having a zone offense with clearly defined responsibilities and assignments. uh, Oftentimes, at that point, you know you can drop the ball off, not seeing anybody there, and understand that somebody's going to arrive there and score the basketball. So everybody being on the same page, understanding their responsibilities and where they're supposed to be. Um, again, false ball movement, false player movement. Um, same thing in football. When you send somebody in motion one way to come back the other way, mm-hmm. um, lots of false actions, you know, big ball fakes. Reversing the basketball, you know, force the defense uh, to zone both sides. And really, and I think that ball movement in, in and reversal, I think, is one of the most understated – we have a, a slide in here, but one of the most undertaught aspects of basketball, not playing on one side of the floor, not shooting on one or two shots, especially if you're in a league that – or a state that's not playing with a shot clock. Right. Uh, flatten the zone defense by getting the ball down to the baseline, kind of playing behind the zone. I think that's a complete uh, – we got that from Paul Hatcher, straight from Paul Hatcher, you know, your bottom girl is behind the backboard two feet. You talk about really bringing a zone down and creating a hole in the middle. And then just understanding the value of, of a dribble, one dribble, two dribbles. Um, you know, a gap dribble, a drag dribble, one, two dribble, freeze dribbles. Um, and then when catching the ball, they ought to be prepared to immediate offensive threat, either as a shooter or a passer or a dribbler. And I think we, we talk about .5-second decisions. And – The more information that they have, the more keep it simple allows them to make that decision and not be too complicated. So,
0: absolutely on that. Yeah. And I think they, uh, the coaches will see on the videos that you're going to show your players seem to be very versatile. Like, I mean, you might have them in the short corner. I, I remember your, the one big, the one big you had actually had the ball in the perimeter. She made a nice, good inside cut. And then I mean I love the versatility of your zone offense.
1: Right, yeah, sir. Uh, we we have a lot. I mean, that's what we I think in today's world you've kind of changed from talking about post players and guards to this and this to just talking about basketball players in general. And we're not we haven't been blessed with that six four kid, six three kid. We've been blessed with some, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, yeah, we've been blessed with some six footers and they seem giant around here for the most part. Uh you know, we're a small three A school, you know. Nine hundred kids and right. most people we're playing are kind of that direction, but um, so yeah, we 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 are playing with kids that are oftentimes post players, but us that are projected to be a lot of times three guards in, at the college level. But uh, just finishing up these zone principles again, lots of ball fakes and shot fakes, shot fakes, mm-hmm. um, utilizing the skip pass, all of our three point shots have to come from either inside out or from a skip pass. No, no top-down passes. Uh, they can come from the bottom up. But trying to let your kids know when they're gonna take those shots and how they're gonna get them. Uh, also I think takes that doubt out of a kid said Tell me of these you deal with females, I think the thing that we deal with so much, and I think it should be like the main focus of podcasts all summer is we can talk about mental, you know, everybody's middle states right now, but the confidence in girls basketball right now is either sky high with kids or way low. Right. And it seems like there's nowhere in the middle and there's very few up here with this sky high, but it's a whole lot of doubters down here. So I've never been in a situation where I feel like I'm really trying to ask kids to shoot the ball and try to plant, you know, confidence in them, let them know that we believe in them need them to believe in themselves. Um, really, post players are gap cutting. Um, high, low and opposite, you know, our main goals of the whole offense, and you'll see that as we go through it. And then really get the ball inside. My favorite thing to do against the zone, get the ball inside, let it collapse, and then allow our, our inside-out three-point shot opportunities. I always say we learn how to shoot with, you know, mom or dad passing the ball right back out to us all the time. So the more shots we get like that in the game, the better off we are. Because it's really that's how we've been brought up.
0: Yeah, Chris, with your uh, this is where I see a lot of issues with girls' basketball. Is yeah, you might get the ball like in the gap, might be like a weak side flash, and the girl gives it up. Like she doesn't even look to score. Do you see a lot of that with girls? You're talking about confidence. I feel like, hey, you get that ball in that gap, you are a scorer. I do.
1: Yeah, I. He I feel think,
0: like with the girls game, that's a tendency there to tend to reverse it or just run the offense instead of right. scoring.
1: <laughs> well, I think again with with females, so many of the times we are got, got kids who just want to run the offense. Yeah. But and I think again, that's where us as coaches come with the fact that we have to let them know that no matter who's on the floor, we have we have a great, we have a McDonald's all-American nominee, her name's Zoe Khalil. And we have a habit of tendency of wanting to watch her or look for her. But trying to make the kids understand, they're as much a part of her success because the moment that they become scorers, they they eliminate double teams and they eliminate that extra pressure on her. So the gap, yeah, like you you know, as you go through these videos, you'll see we're all about that that like second line right above the block with that with that second cutter, and that person becomes our main trigger person throughout this offense. That one or the short corner girl is our our entire uh, they're our decision makers, and we always want them to be score first um, players.
0: Absolutely. Talk about your dribble action on. I, I've already looked at it. I love it. I've actually um, you know with my voice uh, team that uh, we're not very good, but actually I, I use a couple of your concepts. Talk about the uh, the advantages of using these particular dribbles. I don't think I don't think these dribbles are taught that much against zone attacks.
1: Right. Well, gap dribble is simple, and it's one of the – it's amazing with girls' basketball, you, you touched on it already, like how programmed we are, but they turn to pass the ball right back up top. Right. They turn to pass the ball to the corner, and somebody's on that person, and all we got to do is just take that one gap dribble. which one dribble that creates – makes two defenders one, and that's the whole key. Once you've done that in the zone, if you can take two defenders, one dribble, bring them together. Now it's really just one defender, and it's probably opened up two offensive players by using that gap dribble. So a gap dribble is something that you've got to be able to use. And then once you've done that a lot of times, just you go to your next one, which is your drag, somebody's attached to you, and you move them away from the ball or down, and they hang with you, they've completely distorted that zone, which has taken – maybe a small a small gap, a small hole, and created a much bigger one that somebody needs to then step out of. And, again, stretching the zone and giving her more opportunities. So a dry dribble is something that I think in any offense we've often got away from thinking about it. A dry dribble is also a great way to create a little bit of space. A uh, freeze dribble, again, that's really what we call a freeze dribble. We just dribble right at you. Right. And we're going to try to pause that girl, make her defend, especially in, in the picture right there that you see. We're coming off of that one defender. You know, On, on that picture, would be the facing the rim. The left side defender is honest, but we attack that second top girl. Now, again, we've created two defenders becoming one, and we've given up a whole complete other side of the floor. Um, it ends up being three on two on that backside. And there's, you know, really scrambling. You know, called. I think anytime you can take a bottom girl and make her defend an upper girl, we've created a whole mismatch opportunity there that they can't win.
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: And it's up to us to win at that point. Now, a lot of times this year, we aren't capitalizing on that. Then a misdirection dribble is simply, again, as you'll see on some of these sets that we run, a misdirection dribble is, you know, attacking hard right, moving the defensive right, and then pause and come right back the other way once you've moved that in. So many times, again, it's a great way to get the bottom defender to, to attack up, um, to get a really, a really great shooter, a wide-open look. I, you know, again, kids are so programmed, especially in girls' basketball, women's basketball. They'll go out and guard that shooter, and she ain't going to get it. But the moment she passes, it's amazing how many times they just run and completely forget her. And you right. catch that thing one hard dribble the other way and back to her. And that same shooter that they were denying is wide open now. Um, right. So we, I we feel like a dribble is. I went the wrong way. Did we feel like a dribble <laughs> is uh, is a big part of, of zone offense, where a lot of people are just about ball movement. Um, any type of movement that affects the zone uh, philosophies defensively uh, creates options, big opportunities for us. And again, this next thing—we're going right into the next to the next clip. Uh, I, I stole this from a ESPN or somebody one night where they just talked about it. Man, what—that's amazing. When you look at points possession for possession with no ball reversals, you know, less than a point per possession. And then you look at it with one ball reversal, two and three, uh, and those numbers are going up. Just one ball reversal makes an amazing. Uh, you know, amount of difference. Then you look at the Louisville game up top, no ball reversals, three for 14, but one of them, you know, 10 for 25, and with two plus, nine for 13, you know, the longer you make the defense work, you know, especially in the zone because one person gets out of space mm-hmm. and it creates, you know, it's just chaos. The next guy's got to get them, then the next person, and it just creates – Opportunities for your offense because you have kind of got them at that point. Just, uh, I always say it's kind of like playing monkey in the middle. Once you get one guy wrong, but then they're all scrambling. You're passing it around; they can't catch up. And then right, the other right. thing we talk about is just simply paint touches. You know, uh, we for us we chart uh, every time a paint uh, every time a ball touches the paint. Uh, this could be a dribble penetration, a pass to the paint a pass through the paint, which is a skip pass. You know, we wanted 70% of our path, of our half-court possessions to include paint touches before a shot. Um, again, I think sometimes so much in girls' basketball, we do a lot that they won't do on their own, so we're teaching them. By saying that, we're going to get a paint touch, we're getting the gap dribble mm-hmm. that we wouldn't get. We're getting the skip pass. Uh, we're getting more chances where we look to the paint just because of what we're looking for. So I think it goes back to culture and everything else. You get what you ask for, and don't be afraid to ask for it. And then when you go in again, you see we're typically above 65% range with a paint touch and under 30 range without it and, and just letting kids see that. And it, it, we're blessed with some good young players who have dominated AAU. And trying to make them understand at the high school level, it's just a lot different when you're guarding people when you're being guarded by people three, four, you know, three years older than you early on.
0: Hey, Chris, can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah. Uh, are Sorry. you looking obviously again zone?
1: You're
0: you're probably going to get more pass paint touches more than anything else. You, are you trying to get into the paint off the dribble, or is just more to set up another pass?
1: More to set up another pass. More right, th- almost always we're. Um, you know, now I have, like I said, I have a six, one, four, she's a four, but she's actually a two guard. We just have to play her inside. And one of the greatest things ever is to play this girl inside because now, you know, Paul Hatcher told us way back and i never forgot it. You know, the easiest person on the court to guard is the girl with the ball because there's five sets of eyes on her at all times. So if you got a score, get her off the ball. Get her, you know, get her throughout movement screen, just step her out. And now she's going to play without. Now, that girl gets a lot of scoring opportunities off splitting that at upper front. She'll pop out and then attack and split those girls and really play that mid range jumper game, which later ends up bottom has to come up more, leads to more passes. But yeah, for the most part, we're getting in there to collapse the defense, kick out, and again, cause chaos within the zone.
0: What what are some things that teams are doing to prevent your paint touches? Uh, Are they kind of matching up? Uh, Really hard denial in the, I mean, what are they doing to prevent that?
1: Well, what we've seen a lot lately is it's been the trend for about three games now. Everybody's trying to go junk on us. So we're getting a whole lot of, um, yeah, a whole lot of like diamond in one, box in one concepts where people are just completely face to face, face guarding, holding, doing wherever they can. But you know we do drills every day in practice, and again I think playing small-sided games is things that we forget about. Um, and so I think night one we panicked a little bit. I didn't see the, I never saw it coming from the coach. Um, phenomenal coach, been doing it for like 35 years, and he came out and jumped me. I've never seen it from him, so I wasn't prepared, and really until <laughs> halftime, he kind of had me on the ropes a little bit. Uh, had me on a ropes until about the last – I think we took the lead with eight seconds to go in that game. So it took us a while to figure it out, a whole while. Um, but we do a whole lot of practice, like four-on-four, four, like a box versus – like a four-out set versus diamond, like a sure. diamond defensive set, or like an odd set versus a box set, where we really are focusing on, again, taking two defenders and making them one, one. Um, using a screen – to get, to get the set out of things. So, in reality, what we did there was we took our big girl, we put her down low on the short corner, loved to fend the heck out of her, and the other girls started creating stuff. Right. And then, again, we went back to the old thing. It was more like playing four-on-four, four, and Zoe ended up getting her her, her rebounds and everything else. Or it would pop out, and we'd, we'd run some sets for her so she didn't get completely lost in there. And she got a lot out of transition. But um, now, like for the most part, I think sometimes just try to they try to pack it in to, to stop that and make you shoot it. We're blessed with a lot of good shooters. Yeah,
0: that helps to um, have good inside outside. And, <laughs> it helps um, to have shooters, right, Chris? Right, and, and,
1: if, and if they don't like, if even if they don't want to come out, you know, three or four shots in, and for us, the whole key for us once we score the ball and can get into our pressure, um, you know, most people aren't getting across half court and. Right. There's a lot of opportunities and our sideline break is we're really good at getting out and pushing. So it's a lot of times if we can get a lead. We can both people out of the zone too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I know Mike Hedrick we're talking, well, he texted me a while back and, and I'm sure he contacted you. He's got his best player. Matter of fact, they played tomorrow night against my former team. So, yeah. Um, but you talk about his best players getting basically box or, or, trap whatever they're really face guarding her denying her you mentioned something about that can you offer a little advice
1: or we talked about it we use we we go to more of a um of a wide like kind of old school it's it's not true flex but we go kind of a, a wide flex where oftentimes we'll put her get her on that block so when that flex comes off we we really make her a screener okay because once that screener, what happens, you find out if they want to kind of double Zoe on that block, then our, our girl coming off the screen is wide open. And if we set a great screen and they have to switch, now she's wide open. So we really try to get them into flex type of actions in different spots in the court where she becomes a screener and then make them decide how they're going to handle that screen. But I think sometimes we forget Kobe, we all are running so many screens to her, and it almost becomes counteractive either we're wearing her out, running her off of 100 screens. Again, when she does get the ball, it's really one person on her and four helping. And so we kind of go the opposite, and make that kid a screener and uh, hope that they mess up in those things. And if they, again, if they don't want to leave her, we're going to score one way or the other.
0: Right, right. And you're making her defender think a little bit, right? Make right. Make, make decisions. Yes, uh, I, I love really, that.
1: And you can get your kids, if you do it right, you can get your kids into so many situations um, that are beneficial to them, maybe the kids who aren't ready to shoot as much. But by putting her in the screen or maybe, maybe that girl screens, they, they start messing up because they think they're going to just sit in that zone and watch that best player play. Right. So we really make it less. Less about our best player and more about everybody else.
0: That's so true. Yeah, the players got, they start knocking down shots psychologically that, that, that affects that team yes, big sir. time
1: on that. No doubt.
0: It's the best way.
1: All yes, right, sir. coach,
0: what do you got next on the next slide? Well, well the
1: last thing I'm going to say on this one here, I think this is important. You know, okay. good point guards understand what happened in the last three possessions on offense and defense. So we'll have a coach that will say, hey, the ball hasn't touched the paint in three play you know in three possessions so we'll make sure at that point that's going to be known to everybody and we as coaches and stuff we got to be the people who uh, can remind them of what has to happen. Absolutely and we make sure that the next play call is going to be sure to get the ball into the paint. Uh, so really quick our, our first this is our main offense and everything kind of revolves around this and we just call it freeze and all that does is really freeze our guards not a whole lot of movement up top of our guards. We try to put two shooters up top and play our bigger players down in the wings, but really point guard picks aside outside three. If you want me to go through these, I can go through them all, but, uh, you know, three point line entries are corner, short corner, high post, or reverse. And you can do that with the pass or the dribble, depending on how people are. Oftentimes, like I said, the hardest thing to do with anything is the first pass against a zone when everybody's prepared. Especially if you're coming off a dead ball and you're coming down, you might have to use different entries so they don't just jump them. So our corners reads are simple short corner, high post, skip, gap, dribble, uh, or pass back to the up top. And so the pass back up top is really the last option. We don't want to just simply reverse it back. We want to have something. Then our short corner read, again, pivot and score, high post, dive, skip, mm-hmm. back out, or corner on the outside. Uh, High post, short corner, cut. Um, Anytime you get a chance to get that short corner, cut. uh, Jumper, drive opposite uh, in the corner, pass back to the corner. Ball reversals, again, on ball reversals, our post, we have different things. We can either cross, um, dribble reverse, skip pass, um, many different ways to get the ball back to the other side. And then our rotation, really it comes down to what's on the floor. If we have a like, three shooters on the floor, then we'll go base corner to corner with a shooter and try okay. to leave that out, especially if we have maybe two main posts. But for the most part, what we really do is we take our short corner runner to the to the corner. Um, we dive our low posts and we bring our corner down to the block and then up into the middle. And then exactly. it, it yeah. gives you, oftentimes when you talked about maybe having somebody, a post player, doesn't feel comfortable in in that high post shooting that ball in that gap, then a lot of times you bring a shooter into there, they might not be great at the rim, but they're great in that gap. So getting people in the right spots to do what they do well. And I think in the girls' game especially, we're a lot more easy for us to do that, to get kids where they belong to be the most successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. A lot of times it's good to put, you know, One of your, you know, best guards, like at the high post area a lot of times. Um, You're right about that. Yeah, because sometimes the bigs are not that comfortable out there. Of course, that's a matter of you got to coach them up to that, too, as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Um,
1: You know, two-second decisions against the zone. And, again, this presentation is about two years old. We really have gone to where uh, we're really looking at .5 to 1, depending on the player. We want that decision to happen right away and uh, before people can react. Because what you know, and we know it from the catch. And good players know it. You're most open when you catch. That's when you have had the most speed. You know, you're getting closed out on. Usually, somebody's coming to you. Um, and basketball is a game of simple options. If they're back, you shoot it. If they're up, you're passing or driving. Sure, sure. just understanding. And then all of our jumpers come from inside out. And then we talk about the kill box and everything, just just different spots in the court, the blocks right in the middle, just inside of the elbows, you know, great things happen. You get fouled, high percentage shots, collapse the defense and make your shooters open. Uh, You create closeouts and driving lanes. And because you're moving people, then you get a lot of um, opportunities for rebounds because of all those. So, Great things happen when you get to those kill box areas.
0: Absolutely, yes, sir.
1: Okay, and then I, it was a simple little picture of it there, but you'll see it as we come up here. So it shows just right here, some of the actions that you're going to get. And I think they should just play right on. <laughs> so this is our simple freeze, where we're going to get the ball and pass it down here to this corner and you'll see kind of that short corner action. <clears throat> This is a really wide zone, so a different kind of reversal. Then they get to the short corner, and then there's that guy. Mm-hmm. We're actually playing in, in this situation. And I'll kind of pause it as we get here, if you can see this okay. Yeah. Patient right there, you can see when we talked about that dribble that she just took, is that directional dribble we talked about? Right, right. Where she, uh, she takes one dribble and it doesn't look like much. She takes one dribble away to get that defender right there. It is that defender slid enough to give her a great angle to pass back. Right. Sure. So that's that directional dribble. Um, and again, just by reversing the ball. And again, this is my stud in this situation, this high post. She's drawing so much attention. And then we really are putting the pressure on this girl and she can't be right. Um, here, so you can see it. One person makes a mistake, and the person making the mistake is this bottom girl in this backside. She didn't get to where she belongs. And at this point, if she does, I always say she can't be right because if she defends this high, this, this dive right here from the high post, then this girl's open. You got
0: the kick out. Yeah, for kick sure. Out. Yeah.
1: And yeah. In this situation, um, we're pretty deadly. Huh? In this situation, the five people in the court are all. Playing in college right now, so this is a pretty good. Lineup. Yeah,
0: they, they, well, they left your. Yeah, they left your best player. Why? I mean, um, how would you defend that, though, Chris? Really quick, your best player. Would you just forget about short corner and just match up with her? I mean, how would you defend that?
1: And again, this was a t- this was a, this was a beast lineup because, like I said, everybody out here was averaging. This was just a great team. My best player only averaged. 15, 16, and everybody else averaged around 10. It was, yeah, that's good. Whenever anybody yeah. chose something, they were always wrong. If you decide to take Stephanie away, Abby got you. If you decided to take those two away, our guards got you. Um, what I would really, I'm going to make you shoot outside. So in this situation, I, I like following Stephanie up here high. But yeah. this girl right here is actually a six-foot, two-inch girl. She's got to be in the block. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she's actually a McDonald's all american right now she's got to get back here and we anytime I think defensively you got to focus on making somebody make another pass at least time you can make somebody make one more pass gives everybody else a chance to catch up right so but yeah especially this is not our shooting guard either so I wouldn't have been on that shooting guard so I think again I think one thing that we do that a lot of people don't I'm well, trying to figure this out so trying to figure this out this should go low what i hit exit here sorry
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i'm good yeah. um we do a whole lot and i don't know if you can see this Uh, can y'all see this board if i just stop right here for a second yes sir yeah so really we chart like we're playing the number one team in the state this week and like yesterday we had a snow day so uh, 12 <laughs> all 12 of our girls Broke down one game of the team that we're playing. Nice. I broke down the other five. So, 17 games broken down. And we'll take that from where you start to where you finish. And there's a, there's a miss shot. You know, oh, here's a make shot. Here's this. That's just the directional. You know, out of here. Makes your misses. It's amazing when you come out of here in the end, you got 16 games and All of a sudden, you found out that 95% of the time, they're going right there. Right, right, and our zone is going to know that, and that cat will never get there. So when she catches the ball, we're going to immediately shade, and make her go left. That's probably, especially in the girls' game, has taken that away. Right. Or if we know that, right. if we know that it looks something like this, you know, like that, all the way around, then we're going to we're going to hang out there on you a little bit more because we know you're only going to shoot the three. And so we really set our whole defense up. And we don't do a whole lot of zone. We do, We believe a whole lot more in playing man with a lot of zone principles in there, like helping off of who we should, um, that type of thing. But I think if you just understand what people do and you take away their best, it gives you the best opportunity to succeed. Then this is a high-low, actually. Here, the last one you saw kind of low to high, this is the high-low part of it where the high post gets it, and she has to make a decision. And, again, you see it coming off of a ball reversal. And then a second one. And then here's your high post, raise them up, and then there's your high-low ass. Right, right. So you kind of – I reckon I can do this kind of You can see, I think, number one, just a little bit of ball movement. So that extra ball movement created this gap which allowed her again and again, you're looking for that one defender. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. This girl's coming here. It comes down to one person not being good on a play. Right. And in this one, she had that girl coming up. She, this girl has to really get there and she does.
0: (laughs) She's not ready. Yeah.
1: (laughs) She's still watching the play. So, you know, crazy. It comes down to, to what happens with one kid. And you're looking for that. We don't have a shot chart, I think the biggest key is being patient enough to let that happen.
0: So, Chris, do you actually, in your scouting reports, just like you just said, you look for like a number 32 type player where their weakest defender? Is that? Is that how you
1: focus? 100%. We know that. We know that we're going to – let's say that we're going to run like we said, kind of like that old flex style. We run one where we pop our best player out the here. And we're going to go here, here. And all it is is flex, but it's just different. And so, on a pass, on this pass here it starts, they switch. We end up something like this. And on this pass back, this cat's moving through. And she doesn't get it right away. She's getting out. And then you flex it. And we know right away if they're going to switch or not switch. And we're going to find out how to get that kid, the kid you want either here or on a quick reversal to there. If they're not a good defender out of here, we're gonna get them here. Or if we can get a small to big here, we're gonna get them here. So we're gonna definitely by scouting report on defense, decide who we're attacking and how we're gonna get them into that spot where we need to attack. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's undervalued. I don't know if enough coaches do that, man. They have a they have their system whether they're really tacking personnel, I don't, I don't think it's done that much. Yeah. I, I could be wrong.
1: It's work. I mean, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. It's hard work. You gotta, you know, you're at this time of the year, you're playing the best team in the state. You can watch two films and get us, you know, a small part of what they know, you can watch all 16 of their games. Right. And, and <laughs> that, you know, that's a lot of time. Uh, you had to have a great wife who appreciates. <laughs> exactly. exactly. understands that we're almost to the end. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't want to put that work in. A lot of people don't believe in scouting. They believe in it's two philosophies, you know. Yes. I'm a scout guy, especially in the girls in the girls game, because I feel like some girls are so single. I always think a great girls player. Again, I keep going back to the board. Sorry. I <laughs> Love the board,
0: think, too. Love the whiteboard, kick.
1: Yeah, I got one of these <laughs> in my house too. So I did this. Uh, my wife is not happy when we go upstairs to see the board. So, yeah. So. She, you know, I ask her questions, and she, she played ball, so she understands. A really good basketball – I mean, a good player is somebody who's making these or they're scoring here. Um, it's always like they have something. then, like, your pretty good, really good basketball players in high school are either shooting that or they're going there. Right. So they either shoot it or they get all the way to the rim, and that's about it. There's nothing in the middle. So you think your next level ones, you know, they're coming here, they're getting their elbow shots in, or they'll come here and get this bid range and that's your next one. I mean, your really good ones are adding those floaters and stuff in the middle. So, you know, good for me or good for all girls basketball coaches playing defense, for the most part, there's a whole lot of those just good basketball players who do one thing well, or they shoot and go all the way. And so they don't make you defend but two ways, especially if you got a good big. Cause if they're gonna if they're gonna shoot, we play a team that's got a six-five post player. So they make you, I'm gonna run every shooter off and say drive to her. I'm gonna let her deal with everything else. So right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is this is playing below the defense. This next clip, and man, that's what I was talking about. Watch that. If you see how low this girl is. Hell, they'll be behind the backboard. Um, and what happens is people lose track of them because everybody's got their eyes on that basketball. You look at their heads there, so many eyes are on the ball. And especially this person here, we're really looking for that person because now we can sneak in behind her. You'll see it there. And then she completely, as the ball started to move, she caught glimpse of that one and left this hole. And again, if you watch this film, we're attacking this girl who's not really good at getting back to there. Right, right. And we're right back to that girl again. She, she blocks the shot. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but but, you're, you're going to get that more often than not right yeah. there, for sure. Yeah, it was a good thought. But, uh. Are you trying to seal that girl?
1: Yes.
0: Um, on the inside first, or what are you trying we to do? We we
1: should, we should have sealed when she turns right here. That girl on the bottom, yeah, she should have instead of being. either that pass has to be faster, or she's got to get a body on that. Right, right. She doesn't, she doesn't create that space. Yeah. This That girl is, that girl is six three. Played in the McDonald's All American game this year, so. <laughs> she makes plays the others arms. right and then this one was um, i think this is just a high low action again if you watch just the, the girls moving and understanding they're all getting to the right spots when this girl flashes the girl who's on the bottom i think she's the one you want to watch She's still in the middle of moving out towards the referee, and she turns immediately and gets right back where she belongs. So it'll be the very bottom girl. And right now, she turns right back underneath. And I had a great point guard this year. And so one thing that you notice, it's amazing how great players make them look like great coaches. <laughs> exactly. But when you watch this, we're attacking the same kid. Right. Same kid who we got on the other end, on the other side. All of our action comes back to her. Right. And so that's who we attack throughout. And so I think, like you said, as much as anything, just realizing who people are. This is early. The next things are just early offense. and This is really baked on our sideline break. Um, just pitching in. It's really the exact same spots that we do in freeze, and we try to keep those same concepts. If you were to throw it. To a short to a short corner girl, then we're immediately going to dive behind it But this just shows you a little bit of sideline break action um, that leads us into our next clip. But there's the pitch ahead. Again, we're trying to run to these same spots that we would in that zone option. Sorry, and then you can see all that help the same thing. We slide right back in, same principle this girl's drawn all the help. They're doing a great job, but they can't cover this one because again, uh, use the girl. can
0: drop, yeah.
1: Same exact one.
0: <laughs> drop coverage, man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. So that's just early offense right there. Uh, and then this is delayed a little bit later offense. And there is still your fast break. Yeah, I think sometimes, again, if you pitch a head quick, you know, understanding concepts and understanding what you're doing, making it simple. You pitch ahead, people like people don't think about this. It's still a fast break. Like, why we gotta walk the ball down the court because it's a dead ball. Come at them and attack them like you're gonna punch them, and then all of a sudden they don't know what to do. So one quick pass now created this bottom girl here. She has to come out and it creates that fast movement. They cover it great when you look at it. This girl's right. That girl's right. This girl's coming. She's right. This girl's doubling in your best. This girl here has turned her head, and not catching back mm-hmm. door behind. So you're finding that one person every time. Right. So, that little skinny thing is now actually my, that little skinny thing is actually my stud right now. She grew up well. Yukon <laughs> again, yeah. everything that you're going to see here, is the exact same thing like it's just a different way to get here we're gonna we're gonna come here and you'll see we're attack this point guard to try to freeze him i did something wrong sorry what did i do yeah, let's go forward yeah there you go yeah you can see we attack this girl and uh um, try to get that hold and then we kick it out to a a big girl who's just going to come, and again, as she comes, she's just not doing anything great. She's just attacking between the two to make two defenders one. We kick out opposite, and that girl is just coming, and it's a directional dribble. She's just attacking the middle to try to make two one again, and then she can really go either side. But we love to go back to the direction that we came from because that's for sure going to make that bottom girl defend. And then once we've done that, we got to make Hank win. So we score so much doing this. Because um, what happens, we take them both to low, low both to low, below the defense. And when that girl goes, we, like I said, they can't win We're right back into our high, low, short corner, which you'll see. Um, you'll see the exact same options. It's just coming from a little bit of false movement. So that's the handoff. We make two defenders, one. We make two. Oh, we just drug her in. In reality, this girl should have shot the ball on this one. This was not a good read by her. Um, when that ball comes out, this girl should be shooting right now. But what happens is all that movement—you can see the hole in here, this giant space right. that's opening up—and then this girl pops back. There's just no winning for them. And this ends up being a high-low in that one corner you've got this one stuck everybody looks good but then the moment that one has to rise it's over for her they did everything right like right that even the other girl got over. but it's just tough you're making them all react to everything that you do
0: yeah they rotated they rotated a little bit late but still they, they got somebody there but
1: um. yeah. <laughs> Let me make sure i might have two things playing you now sure. no, you're good I think we're good yeah Okay, here's the same action. You can see that she's coming in. There's the handoff. Drags her in, kick out. And again, it's just simple movement. Gets you the exact same thing. So I think mainly this clip just shows pick pick any kind of movement that's going to make the defense do something. Oftentimes, believe it or not, like when I say that – we do things for the kids. You put a set like this in, you just put three ball reversals into the offense. And they don't even realize that they're reversing the ball three times. And you're going, you know, in and out of there. So it makes the defense move. It makes you move, um, and it creates some openings. And again, this is the same look. And There's your reversal bank, quick offense, and again, just good basketball players understanding this girl right now, right here, instead of really sliding over right here, she sees that the girl's coming at her and she does what we didn't do last time. She puts her body on this girl.
0: Right.
1: And she's got her completely sealed. Now she's got a layup or she's got this girl who's, you can see exactly how low she is behind the backboard now, almost out of bounds. And she's coming back into the get the ball. So that's what we just, that was a little bit quicker offense out of it. And then this just shows ball, just reversing the ball. That's one, two, three, four times now. After four ball reversals, it's, the same exact options, but they play this thing. This is actually a really good uh, private school who can recruit. They play this whole thing. Guy yeah, did a phenomenal job of of scouting again, but look at two of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah they matched it. I mean, they're quick. Their rotations were yeah.
1: quick. And here's a good example of this bottom girl coming out, this girl coming over. What should have right. happened here is we should have got this girl back behind the defense on the line, but a little impatient. And then we tried to feed it. This girl needs to be higher in a window. I don't think we talked about windows, but man, I talked to our girls about windows so much and the fact that I'm like, you and your mama think you open over here. But this girl's five-foot-eight with two five-foot-tens on her and don't have a prayer scene. I said, if I put a boy boy in this corner, your butt's going to step out there and wave at him. You know, find yourself a boy. Get where people can see you. We forget about windows all the time. In reality, this girl could have got higher, and it could have been a one-two pass. But because... You, know, you can see, patience, this yeah. is back to where we want to be. Sorry, there we go. Then I think we we'll just have a couple more. Yeah. Uh, knife, this seems like it's really simple, but I think we have knife and stay left. Knife seems really simple, but man, oh, that did it again. Sorry. Uh-uh. Knife is really simple, but we get a lot of. This creates, and I'll show you after we after it plays. This creates a great opportunity to get an odd look to an even team. There's a screen, so it's really just a flare. We say, flare. Knife, yeah, bringing this girl in to give you that flare look. Again, what happens most time is you can see what happened. This time is it's really forcing nobody's sure who has this girl and they they, they, they're trying to get to it
0: and everybody goes out right a little scramble
1: they're all trying to get there but at this point again that's the that's the right reading it should happen but once this girl pops out if she doesn't have it it's amazing how you can one two pass that just quickly pop pop and this girl's wide open or if both of these guys come, she hits that short corner, and she comes here, then this one cuts right off the back. Right. They can't defend it. And uh, it's just oftentimes having smart kids, kids that understand exactly what they're doing. And the great thing about all of this is, when you go through it, you see that everything comes down to high, low, short corner.
0: High, low, short corner, yeah. And sure. then
1: this all-side wing back dooring, if they, if that girl – Steps across, you feel her spot.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great concept there, Chris. I love the offside, back door. That's not done enough. I, I don't do that enough in my zone offense as well. That's a great concept.
1: It's just like they can't be right. Because in that, once you make that movement, once you make that movement, you get, you get this bottom girl off. This middle girl's got to come to here. Then when you go to here, like I said, they can't be right there because if she comes, then this girl's got to come. Right. Because we've got her behind it or it's one here. Or it's high and then drop off to them. So they can't be right. And um, especially if you have a little bit of length on your team, you know, like those. And girls, often depending on where you're at, length can be 5'8 and long, you know, and long girl. And our last one is just, this this play works all the darn time again because people are so scaled to get a zone all the way across. And this is just a play to come back and you'll see it twice here. A play that's just designed to come to a side. We do this a lot at the end of the quarter. And we really just try to move it. And then we double screen. And you can see we're screening both here. And it's just getting the zone on the one side, mm-hmm. creating a wall. Yeah. And you can skip passing for three. We're actually, actually get four points on that one. And again, I'll show you something at the very end of this clip. Depending on what you have, you know, same thing if can need to. Once this girl's out, that girl can go short corner. Sure. And then once she's there, it's one pass to her. This girl fills her spot. And this girl who slid down here. Pies to the middle when you're doing the same thing again. Right. So that's that one. And then the last clip, I think we have, might have more, I don't even know. Um, It's the same thing again, quick reversal. You can see it, we just did it. And that's your double screen setting up. And I think understanding like this is a really, this one's easy, it's an easy screen. So she's way over. This screen's not understanding where your shooter is. And something that we talk about a lot is this girl just saying her name, Abby, 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 and her butt is – her butt has to go to her.
0: Right.
1: And so that way you're always screening, my butt is going to her, So I don't want to set my butt facing out here. That gives the girl a window. So my butt is the door between these two. Yeah, so yeah. really good keep point. communicating there. And then, and again, she shoots it. Really, not a great read because of what she should have done in this situation got a great closeout, and then a nice hard dribble right here. She's shooting a pull-up, um, or this girl helps and she's dropping it off to the screener.
0: Yeah, yeah. The next player right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. point guard gets it done and ends up with a mid-range jump. Yeah.
0: Hey, Coach, got about one minute.
1: Um, I, I, got my, my little ones coming in. Uh, gotcha. but um, I think you got some inbounds plays there. If anybody wants some, if you have questions, you absolutely can share that and I will send them whatever they need.
0: Yeah, oh, great presentation, Thank Chris. You. I, mean, I really appreciate it. Um, but before you go, I did notice in all your video clips for the defense, there's not a lot of zone defenses that really communicate. Like right there, why don't they, you know, communicating the, the back screens and you is that is that very common? You don't see a lot of teams really talking and communicating cutters. because You have to to defend your zone off.
1: Right, I think that um, when you, people do so much shell defense, man to man shell defense, and they compete, they teach the communication in there. Oftentimes it's a forgotten concept to teach the same communication in the zone. In reality zone, I mean, it's, even though it's different words, it's not gap and high eye, low eye ball, but it's cutter, you know, cutter here, cutter there. I've got this, I've got that. You know, I think we we often talk about as you get older, your communication gets becomes next level. You know, it's no more of those LOLs and stuff. You've got to let them know exactly what you mean. And, uh, you know, I'm going, hi, get to the block, you know, and, and saying somebody's name. And I think right. if we forget, you know, if I say, Kevin, you got the block, you've heard that you understand. I'm talking to you, not just anybody. Then you oh, drop man. the block. So yeah, that's
0: yeah. A, That's a great point right there in communication coach. Yes,
1: sir.
0: Uh, Chris, thank you so much, man. What a, what a great presentation. Thank you so much. And a lot of coaches sure. are going to be asking about it. Hey, I wish you the best. Uh, but, uh, Tell me how your team is – I know you guys are playing some good basketball. What do you have coming up next, and what do you have look right. forward to?
1: We have five five games remaining. Uh, all district games except for Saturday, we actually played the number one team in the state team. Okay. uh um, Knocked us out of the Final Four last year. We knocked them out of the Final Four the year before, so – a great battle right there. Two really good teams. Um, you know, right now we're having a great season in Virginia. We got beat in Philadelphia. We got beat in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. Not as that, we're playing great in, in the state of Virginia. So I think we are 14-2, uh, and 15-2 and two right now. And um, kind of getting ready to make a little run here, hopefully. But, you know, a long, long way to go.
0: Absolutely, on yeah, that day by day, trying to grind it out for sure. I know you got some great teams out there. Isn't Paul the Six one of those?
1: Paul the moms? Six, they're, they're a private school. They're all, they're just up to weight They are loaded. Uh, Sidwell, friends, number one team in the nation. Sidwell, yeah. About two hours and 15 minutes. You know, had a great, great experience this year. Played my daughter, who's also 17. And two, or I think she is 16 and two right now. I got a chance to play my daughter at Christmas break. Nice. Uh, what, a, what a blessing that was. Most people would never experience that. So <laughs> I get a chance to say that one loss, one of those losses is to me. So uh, that was, that was fun. She might get me the next time, but I got her this time. That's um, right. Yeah. You can't but, let your daughter beat you, man. No uh, way. It's been a fun year and uh, great kids, great parents, um, great support from administration. And I think when you put all that together, you've got a place you want to be. This is year 31 for me here. And, um, nice just a blessing to be somewhere that uh, you're appreciated um, means a whole lot. Okay.
0: Coaches, make sure you contact uh, Coach Dotson on that. It's really just a – he's a credit to our game. He's more than happy to share information. Uh, Coach has his, his uh, email right here, cdotson at rockingham.k12.va.us. Y'all need to contact him. Uh, he'll be glad to share with you. Coach, thank you for coming on
1: the podcast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right, thank you, Chris. All right, see you.
2: At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsay Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats sign up today to gain access to the virtual camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com virtual camp 2021 that's drdishbasketball.com virtual-camp-2021
0: coaches i'd like to welcome our new championship vision podcast sponsor huddle assist the best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever that's why coaches love huddle assist With assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happens. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Coaches, I'd like to introduce our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Grip Spritz. Playing on dusty, dirty has become normal to players at every level. The only answer was those peel-off sticky sheets. Players know they only work a few possessions. Coaches know they're incredibly expensive. The issue is they have adhesives. If you step on something sticky, your shoes become magnets to the dust and dirt on the court so you're back every dead ball. Grip Spritz, remove the adhesives to allow the shoes to grip all game long with just one treatment. Our goal is to elongate the life of player's shoes, stop them from slipping no matter what type of court they're playing on, and save schools money from buying countless sticky sheets that just don't work. Go to gripspritz.net or on Twitter at grip spritz. Also, they will be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic. If you use the code LEGENDS, you will get a 10% discount. Go to their website now, Grip Spritz, the new innovative product you can't go without.